Welcome to episode 7 of the Knights of Soken podcast. And this episode has a very special title because I know we've been talking a lot about game ups lately, and that title is Lore-tastic. That's right, Trinic. I actually said the episode title during the introduction. Well, you know, we kind of save that for after because we kind of <laughs> go off on random tangents on occasions, so... Yeah. Well, I know that you've really been getting on to me about announcing the episode title during the actual episode. So there you got it. Oh. It's right there. It's out there for everybody. So we have to talk about lore stuff today, don't we? Uh, you're going to put this off on me, aren't you? I am going to put it off on you. Uh, so you're going to be talking about a lot of lore stuff today. I got the game updates covered. You got all the lore stuff covered. So we're going to kind of swap some roles here. You get to be the master, and I will be the Padawan tonight. How's that sound? <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment for about eight months. <laughs> Don't screw it up. <laughs> well, obviously, I have Trinic with me tonight. I also have, back by popular demand, Zaray. Zaray, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Good to be here again. It is wonderful to have you on here again. And I think we pulled in a stray off the street, correct, Trinic? I mean, it was more of a... It wasn't out of his sheer will, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have with us um, Jedi Master Roz Winters. Hold on, guys. Nice to, be, nice to be here. Appreciate the invite. And we're super excited to have you, Roz. Um, you're a fresh master in Soak, and you've only been a master for a few weeks now, right? That's correct. H how's the title holding up for you? Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's been a, nothing but a good time. Um, best experience I've had on Tour by far. Uh, everyone in the guild has been awesome, and I uh, can't wait to keep progressing in the guild with you guys. It's been awesome. Now, if, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been in the Knights of Soken? Let's see. I've been in Soken for about, I think, just a little bit over a month, month and a half or so. Oh, wow. I thought you'd been in a little bit longer than that. You really um, excelled through the ranks, so that that's, has a lot to say about you as a person. Um, we really appreciate you in Soken. You're definitely bringing a lot of really good things to the guild, and we really want to thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Sorry about the loose stray comment. <laughs> I mean, okay. I didn't expect anything different from you there, Tobit. I mean, <laughs> when it comes to loose strays, I think Roz needs to be given a hand here. On Mullen's recruiting team, Roz is a part of it. And I think last week you said you pulled in 40 people alone. Was that yeah. 40 people? Wow, yeah, 42. excellent. 42. It was a, it was a, it's a, it was a good week. I mean, you have good weeks <laughs> and you have bad weeks, but it was a good one. Yeah, that's... It was funny, you know, they're, we're going to get a little bit into this when we talk about game updates, but they're going to be allowing character transfers for 90 cartel coins. And I was like, man, we need to start advertising on other servers because, you know, like servers like Jung Ma, the server we came from, I mean, this is really the death for them, in my opinion. I mean... People, if they don't transfer now, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. And it was funny. Mullen said, I got people everywhere. They're already doing it. Is that true, Ross? <laughs> it, um, I'm not, I can't uh, confirm or deny that. <laughs> what I can tell you is uh, we are always recruiting, and uh, we are definitely out there to uh, expand the Soken brand and uh, bring awesome new role players to the guild. Well, I, I will say that, you know, we just don't blindly recruit people, too, for the people out there listening that may think, well, geez, they just brought 42 people in the guild. The thing is, we really we really push recruiting because, one, we want to make sure that everyone out there that wants to actually RP a Jedi, that wants to have an actual lore-based experience doing so, that they know about us. And if you're out there and you've never had that experience before, you need to check us out, soaken.engine.com. I mean, are they gonna find a better Jedi guild anywhere else, Ross? 
No, that's not even close. There isn't a chance out there. I'm telling it's, you right. I'm telling you right now, Tobit. This experience is as close as anyone will ever get to experiencing what this feels like to role play a real Jedi. I guarantee you. Oh, I, I would say so too. Um, and that was spoken like a true recruiter, Raj. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Well, we have a really exciting episode for you guys this week. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk about some of the game updates today, but we're going to get a little bit back to the podcast roots. We, we've had a lot of stuff happening with BioWare and SOTOR as a whole, but we really want to get back to talking about some lore-centric things. That's why the episode is called Lore-tastic. In particular, Trinic, you've presented, you're going to have a special presentation tonight. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um... What are you going to be talking about? Yeah, I'm going to be talking about the creations of the Jedi Order as long as well as the Jedi Order that uh, was uh, the cre- pretty much the the precursor to the Jedi Order on Tython. So we're going to be going really in depth in all of that kind of stuff. That's awesome. I know myself, I'll be talking about bringing balance to the Force and I'm going to be um, asking a bunch of questions to Roz during that discussion to see if he's worthy of such title as Master. How does that feel, Roz? <laughs> I always welcome a challenge. <laughs> well, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time. We got a great episode planned for you. Um, but before we get into that, we do want to talk about some of the new updates that we've had with 3.3 and the up and coming expansion 4.0. I don't know if either of you all have been checking the dev tracker, but a lot of new information has come out, especially the discounted character transfers. The moment I read that, I wanted to run my head through a wall. Um, I don't know about you, Trinic. Did you feel the same way? Uh, I know that Zenlid was taking it a lot worse than any of us were. <laughs> I, I think Zenlid did take it a lot worse than any of us. He spent, I think, over $100 transferring his characters to the Ebon Hawk. And, you know, I look back and, you know, I spent at least 60 transferring mm-hmm. some of my tunes. And, oh my gosh, when I read that, my heart just sunk. And I was mm-hmm. like, if only... I could have waited just a little bit longer to transfer two of my characters. You know, 1800 cartel coins is quite a bit, but now it's only 90 cartel coins. So if you're on Jung Ma and you used to be in the Knights of Soken, come to Ebon Hawk. The water is great over here. It's like living in freaking Florida. The weather is great year round. I mean, wouldn't you say the server is just so much better? Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta kind of bash your Florida comment here because you know <laughs> you got the, you got that evil monsoon season, and that is not fun for anybody. <laughs> I assume you'd want people to move to California instead. No, because in California, either it's hot or less hot. There's no, there's no cold. So. Uh, uh, well, I will say this. 90 cartel coins for a character transfer. If you haven't transferred your characters yet to the server that you want to be on, now is the time to do it. Um, this, is, this is a really good gift that the Bioware has given their players. The only thing I think they could have done better here is made it free. Because the reality is, like, servers like Jung Ma, there's other servers just like it, you know, that are at that place of dying, and it's about time Bioware did something for the players stuck on those servers so that they could easily transfer out. I was really upset when Bioware wouldn't grant us server transfers, you know, with the, the state of the population was that was on Jung Ma before we switched to Evan Hawk. And I have a feeling that that is going to drastically change in the coming weeks. I mean, 90 cartel mm-hmm. coins, that's it? I mean, that's mm-hmm. less than a dollar. That's... Well, if you're a subscriber, 
with a security key, you know, you're going to get six free character transfers pretty much every month because you get 600 cartel coins. So, I mean, they're making it really possible for characters to really get on active servers. And I just want to put this plug out there to the entire SOTOR community. Once again, Knights of Soken, we're on the Ebon Hawk. We rock. You want to be a part of our guild. Trust me. I was using the Jedi mind trick there. I was waving my hand in front of the computer screen. So it definitely worked. All right. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm already here. Where do I sign up? <laughs> well, yes, 90, 90 cartel coin character transfers. Another thing they announced, and this is something I was super excited to hear, is the fact that they're taking away the AOE, um, not taking, not breaking the cap in PvP. So they actually decided to allow AOEs to continue to break caps in PvP. The actual player test they did on the PTS um, worked. Players commented, they were concerned, and Bioware actually listened and fixed it. So that's something very excited if you're a PvPer that, you know, if you miss the dev tracker, there is there's gonna be no change to PvP in that sense. All the other changes we've talked about in previous episodes are still happening though. So be ready for that. Be ready for the resolve slow effect, which I still wish they just would not do, but that's still happening. But once again, AOEs will still break caps, which is very essential to PvP. I mean, wouldn't you agree with me, Ross? I can't really, I can't really touch too much on that because I don't PvP that much, but I will say this. It's definitely going to be beneficial to the players. I'm glad that, uh, you know, that Spyware was able to take in what everyone's perspective was and their opinions and, uh, you know, actually consider those. All right. And then finally, with game updates, and this is the last time I'm going to talk about it, and then we're going to get right in to Guild News and then our episode, Lortastic is information on Knights of the Fallen Empire. There's some new information that's come out recently um, within this last week about the new expansion. First is the level 60. Trenick, do you know anything about how many level 60s you're gonna get you're whenever gonna, you start Knights of the Fallen Empire? You're gonna get one free level 60. Does it have to be a current character or do you have to make a new character? You to have get that to make 60? a new character. Yes, you have to make a new mm -hmm. character, but it sounds like every 60 after that, they're going to be charging you a little bit for it. We don't know how much yet, though. Well, the the announcement was that they are going to make a cartel item that you can purchase, and that will allow you to make another 60. So, I mean, we could assume something like that will cost at least, I mean, a thousand, maybe 1,500 cartel coins, at least. I was um, maybe even thinking, more. I was thinking like 2,400 sounds like it yeah i mean I, I i could see it being a pretty big pretty hefty penny to get that and this isn't something that's foreign to mmos you know world of warcraft has done this um where you can purchase you know i think level 90 characters um so this is you know i think it's a step in the right direction for bioware though giving us one 360 was very nice of them i'm leaving one character slot open for that 360 but making it available for you to get more in the future i think it is a step in the right direction i mean what would you think zaray on that um, I definitely agree with that. You know, I've played this game forever, but I'm always making new alts. So, uh, you mm -hmm. know, for people who are just starting out, you know, 1 to 60 is definitely a climb, um, especially after they take away the 12 times XP. So, um, I'm interested. I'm excited to see uh, how this grows the servers. Yeah, and another thing with the full and 360 for subscribers, once again, you know, whenever Knights of the Fallen Empire comes out, people are going to want to play that expansion. 
you know, they're not going to want to sit around on the old Bioware story that they've already played. Exactly. You know, they're going to want to play Knights of the Fallen Empire, and this is going to give them an opportunity to jump right in. One of the things I like about this is you're not going to have to finish Showers of Revan to play Knights of the Fallen Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the <laughs> things that really drove me insane about Zyost is I had to finish Shadows of Revan to do Zyost. In my opinion, like, that was just a bad move on Bioware's part. Like, I understand why they did it, but at the same time, any kind of content expansion in the game shouldn't be based solely upon previous content played. You should be able to jump right in it, especially if you're a subscriber. If you're right level, you should be able to jump right in it. You know, Zyos, a little bit different. I think, Roz, you were going to say something? Well, just I just wanted to agree with that one. It's... It has become frustrating, you know, you, you want to play the new content that's available. Everyone wants to play the new content, especially especially if you're a subscriber and you pay money to this game to play this game. Mm-hmm. You know, you you want that content readily available to you as soon as it is released. You know, you don't want to have to depend on beating something else to get to that. So I definitely, I definitely do like the free 160 that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's some other things that came out with the new, you know, for the new Shadows Revan. Um, pretty much there's going to be a lot of emphasis on companions. Um, they didn't get too much into this, but they did say that there are going to be new companions. There are going to be some companions you're going to be able to pick up, some you're going to fail at picking up, but it all depends on the type of missions you do and the decisions you make during the game. So that was a really interesting um, update that they gave us. And the other thing is the Outlander is not a third faction. They're not eliminating factions. They're going to keep the Empire and the Republic as separate factions. So there will not be combined in-game content. I'm pretty excited about this because I felt if they were to blur the faction lines, that that would almost ruin the RP of the game for me. Right, right. Um, like, I agree. And, and mm. on the subject of like story and whatnot, um, I know that uh, Massively OP, uh, they put out an article apparently talking mm-hmm. to someone um, they're talking about how they're trying to come back to, you know, the major storytelling that Bioware is famous for, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that some of my fears were kind of come to fruition is that they're kind of doing away with class stories. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I'm not super excited about that, but, you know, at least this it's going to be more story and if it's going to be a true bioware story i think that this expansion well, is still going to go somewhere Trinic, understand though that they are promising eight individual stories there are eight classes i really do see there being individual class stories they're getting back to the roots of the original well, game like they which might have is both they might have class stories but like this in the article it pretty much states there are there, it's going to be one story with and i quote just a little dash of class thrown in. Mm. So, well, you know, regardless, it's going to be a good Bioware story, and we'll see if it's a good or bad thing once it launches. Now, just a final update for all those people that just love exploiting this game. If you bought the Temple Chair Basic and you're currently selling it back to a vendor, I would highly suggest you stop. Bioware has put up notice saying that they will bust the individual's that are doing this um if you open your game and you notice your launcher has a nice little warning message that says if you exploit the game you will be punished they do also want you to know that they're not directly talking to you unless you are actively exploiting the game that was something that just hit the dev tracker tonight which i thought was 
pretty funny um telling us that the launching the launcher message is not for everyone just for those who are actively exploiting the game but you know for those people who are buying up stacks of millions of chairs and then turning around and selling them i don't know if there's anybody guilty in the guild but i suggest you stop it's just not good for you or for anyone else around you i mean bioware is going to really crack down on this i think at least i hope <laughs> karma i know i mean it's just like you, you saw what they did with the Zios exploit you saw what they did with cortani i mean they mm -hmm. are starting to really get active in this so Play the game the way it's meant to be played, please. Absolutely. Okay, well, I think that's enough game updates for now. What do you think, Trenick? Uh, I'm trying to stall as long as I can. You're trying to stall as long as you can? What for? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think anyone wants to listen to me drone on for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you drone on for an hour, I may fall asleep on the mic, so you're going to have to go quicker than that. But just a few guild announcements before we get to you, Trinic, oh, is God. I do want to talk about some things going on in the guild. Um, one of the things is the Guardians are really taking off. Um, now, Roz, you're a part of the Guardians, aren't you? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm actually the head of the Guardians now. You're the head of the Guardians now? When Indeed. did that officially happen? Uh, so Zenlid about a week ago um, actually said he was going to hand it over to me. Uh, he had some stuff going on. Uh, so, yeah, so officially uh, heading the Guardians. Why, well, since you're the head, why don't you tell us about what's going on in the Guardians? Oh, no problem. So, uh, actually, it's really exciting. I'm actually really excited. I'm thrilled about it, to be honest with you. Um, the Guardians is new. Um, main objective for the Guardians is uh, we're kind of like a, a quick reaction force um, for the guild. Um, we are basically forward and deployed to attack anything that uh, the Council or the Order feels is a, in dire threat to Soken or the Republic. Um, we're heavily trained in combat in all aspects of it, you know, be it unarmed combat, lightsaber combat. Um, we also do have um, um, support as well. You know, we have the Circle of Healers, um, which is headed by Mirror Maker, Master Mirror Maker. Um, so we have a lot of good things going on. Uh, last night we held our, one of our first uh, RPs, and just want to give a big shout out to uh, Mastana and Cal Groby. They uh, actually led some of the training evolution last night and did an awesome job. So it's it's taken off. It's really fun. I uh, hope to see more people join in. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely do too. You guys are doing a great job um, with just the events I've seen. Um, you're you're really starting to get right up there with the wardens, and I know we also have the um, Jedi lore keepers coming back under the guidance of Knight Ols. Um, he is doing a wonderful job of getting that specialization going. So you definitely need to check that out. Um, there's definitely. some new um, back end um, policies being released here in the guild as well that everyone needs to be aware of because of the mass amount of recruiting that's been going on Ross, um <laughs> we've had to install a new alt policy in the guild and this may affect everybody and the new alt policy is pretty much if you're not playing your alts and they're inactive for more than 15 days they most likely will get removed from the end game roster um this is just to make sure everybody knows that we're not kicking your alts out of the guild because we don't like you but we're kicking your alts out of the guild because we can only have 500 members in the guild at any given time and we are rapidly approaching that number um every day so you know nothing personal but make sure if you want your alts in the guild that you log into them every once in a while and that you play them as well as the standard and activity policy trinic do you know what the activity policy is right now i think for initiates uh correct me if i'm wrong Roz. 
the, the initiates uh, right now you have a 15 day limit for initiates um, right, right. So force sensitive and, and, and initiate is 15 days. Yeah, correct. and so then uh, Padawans, you have a 30 day limit, and uh, I'm not sure anymore past that. Right, as well, Padawan and Knight is 30 day limit. Um, force sensitive initiative is 15. Uh, same with Alt and uh, Master and above. That would be, you know, case by case basis, obviously, but from the council. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and as always, if you're going to be on an extended leave of absence, just make sure that someone on the council knows about it, and we'll make sure to do our best to make sure you stay in the end game roster. And also, if you are removed from the in-game roster, you're not removed from Soken. You know, you can always send us a message on the forums and say, hey, I was removed from an activity, I'm back, and we'll bring you right back in. It's just, once again, a little bit of house cleaning to make sure that we can continue making room for all the people that we are bringing in that are fresh and new, which is exciting for our guild. Once again, our guild is over 400 members now, which is just super exciting. Once again, kudos to our recruitment department. Hey, so if I could talk about one more thing. Yeah, go right ahead. Awesome. So I uh, wanted to bring up one more thing uh, that I, it was an idea that I originally created for me. Um, I want to give another shout out to Uls, who actually has been head, taking the head on this and doing an outstanding job. So the Soken Welcome Committee is something that's new to the guild. Um, so what we're trying to establish by that is um, when we do create um, and recruit new people into the guild, we want them to feel welcomed and um, try to help them not be as lost. So I know in the past I joined many guilds and you join the guild and you just kind of sit there and everyone's doing their thing. and. You don't really know where to start your journey or where to begin you know, your fun and RP and in the guild. So we created the Soken Welcome Committee to kind of get people the feel of the guild, you know, show them around the stronghold, show them around the guild ship, let them know who important people within the guild are, right? Um, kind of give them a feel of the breakdown of how it goes. So just want to give a big shout out to the Welcome Committee and everybody who's been doing great things for them for Soken. Y'all are doing awesome and just keep it up. It's been, it's been awesome. And just speaking of that, if you haven't had like the official welcome committee tour, you totally need to seek one of them out. All you got to do is say in guild chat, there's typically 30 people online at a given time. One of those members are going to be a member of the welcome committee. And I've seen you guys just drop anything to do that. And once again, you guys are doing a great job with that. So thank you. Um, as always, you need to make sure you keep an eye on the guild calendar as well to keep up with all the events and activities that are going on week to week. You definitely want to make sure that you find your place and become a part of the community because that is the best way to enjoy your time is to come out to the events and then just enjoy your enjoy your RP and game. I mean, that, that's just one of the things. Just make sure you're constantly checking that calendar. Well, I think that's enough of that for now. And we're going to get into the lore side of our episode. Trinic, I'm going to let you take it off from here. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, let me uh, let me just get ready. <coughs> all right, all right. So, anyways, today we're going to be talking about uh, Tython and the history of the Jedi Order and the Jedi Order. Uh, strictly uh, to begin, um, a bunch of pretty much philosophers, priests, scientists uh, were brought to Tython on ships that were pretty much based around the ideas of the force you know it it, it it was a mysterious pyramid of some kind that just transported these people to this planet um over time they created what was called the jedi order through that um they believed that they wanted to find an internal balance between light and dark ashla and bogan the two planets that resided in orbit above the planet tython moons moons planets you know what i mean 
You know hey, what? You I know mean. what? You're 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 the master. Celestial I'm the objects. Padawan. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> hey man, we all thought Yavin was a planet when we were little. <laughs> keep going, Trinity. So, anyways, um, later on, um, about I don't know, eleven thousand years later. Uh, there was a huge conflict between both Ashla and Bogan. Uh, the idea is that one side wanted to be too light, one side wanted to be too dark. Of course, they're going to split, they're going to fight, creating the Force Wars. Um, it was an era that pretty much brought the destruction of the Jedi Order. Um, with that, the creation of the Jedi Order uh, was pretty much brought. Oh. Who, who won the Force Wars? Of course, the light side. Come on. Do you, do, you, do you remember what the um, followers of Ashtola declared at the end of the Force Wars? That light is the true path to balance. Well, th- not that not necessarily that light was the true path to balance, but what they declared was it was the more virtuous of the paths to walk. So it was more virtuous and that it was stronger than Bogan. Um, that's something very <laughs> important to know about the lore of the Jedi Order and why they abandon their thoughts of balance between light and dark. So we're going to get into this more when we talk about bringing balance to the Force. So continue on, Trinic. I'm sorry. You're the master. I'm the Padawan. <laughs> years and years later in RP, and he's still taking me to class. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Um, so anyways, they created the Jedi Order. For those of you that listen to this on a regular basis and want to get an A-plus on this next question. The first Jedi Council was created. Those four masters that created it were Rajavari, Garen Jard, Kala Bryn, and Tur's Sendin. So yeah, it's really important to understand uh, the roots of the Jedi. Uh, these members uh, pretty much ushered in a new age uh, to create the Jedi that we know today in RP. Now, Rajavari, I know that name. Wasn't he a dark Jedi? Rajavari didn't start off as a dark Jedi. I, I, I'm sorry, Trenic. Is it okay if I go ahead and jump in here? No, by all means, I'm kind of dying over I, here. I, I love <laughs> the history of this section of lore. Um, Zare, you are you are partly right. Rajivari was not initially a dark Jedi, but he does succumb to the dark side. He ends up deciding to begin following Bogan. He convinces a lot of people to follow him, and pretty much the remaining light side Jedi, the followers of Ashula, notice this their fallen brethren, and they attack them. You know, they 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 do what they need to to get rid of them. And it's actually at this point where Tython Tython's actually abandoned by the Jedi Order. Um, Ross, do you know the planet they go to? Uh, I believe you said Os- Osis, I believe? Yes, Osis. They go to the lush planet of Osis. It- it's somewhere on the edge of the Tyon Cluster, which is in the deep outer rim. Um, they depart from Tython, and what- what's interesting about this is Tython just kind of just disappears then in this section of lore. Um, we don't really know what happens to it during this time period. Um, the Jedi leave and, and they go out into this this beautiful planet of Osis, but that doesn't last for very long either. Um, and Zarei, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but do you know what happens to Osis in lore? Um, if I recall correctly, eventually, um, 
it gets destroyed it, it, in a sense it does get destroyed it, 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 it the way that it's kind of worded in lore is that the planet is ruined it, mm. it's um it, it is left in an uninhabitable so pretty much what happens is the jedi eventually go to coruscant and that's where we get the coruscant temple that we see in game that is laying in ruins um so you know a lot of stuff is just going on the jedi have been moving a lot and it, and it said that they still had information about tython's existence on record but for some reason they just they never thought of going back to tython and according to lore um and the lore bioware gives us in the sense of this time period this is when satil sean in a sense rediscovers the planet and rediscovers the significance that tython had in the jedi order now granted again you know we're talking thousands of years have passed and you know tython has been absorbed by the galactic republic and there is just so many things that have happened since the time that the Jedi first left after the corruption of Rajavari and um, just the damage that that whole schism had within the Jedi Order on the planet. So, you know, thousands of years have passed and, you know, that's when the Jedi finally come back to Tython. Um, it's just it's really interesting to me because I always wondered, how do you lose a planet? I mean, have you ever thought about that, Turnick, yourself? Like, can you physically lose a planet? Uh, Obi-Wan did. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Tython. I mean, and, you know, through the years of them being on Osis and then moving back to Coruscant, they literally just lose the planet. And granted, there's no, like, hyperspace lanes to it, and eventually they're reestablished, and that's when they rediscover the planet. But still, I mean, it's just it's just a very interesting thing of, you know, this rich part of Jedi history is just lost for a while. It um, is something now, I feel like I often took for granted, you know, while, mm -hmm. you know, being on Tython, RPing on Tython, leveling those first 10 levels. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really neat to go back and actually think about the things that have happened lore-wise um, to lead up to the part we're in right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, mm -hmm. like, you know, you go to the ruins of Kalef, for example, um, and the Forge Remnants. I mean, there's so many beautiful places on Python to RP, and there's just such a rich story behind those areas. And if you don't know the lore about them, I mean, it, it, it just really takes away the significance. That's one of the things that I've really appreciated being a part of Soken, you know, for the past three years that I've been a part of Soken, that I've been learning all this new Jedi lore and all the history behind the game and just in this time period. You know, my experience of Old Republic before coming to Soken was, you know, KOTOR. And, you know, that really doesn't give you very much to work on, to be honest. And if anything, it kind of sets you on the wrong direction when it comes to RPing a Jedi, in my opinion. But the thing is, like, there's just so much great stuff out there, and especially knowing the history of the Jedi Order and, you know, knowing names like Master Rajivari and what happened to him in his fall. I mean, there's so much out there, and there's also so much more we could talk about 
when it comes to the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order's history is so much more, even more vast and richer than that, but we'll have to save that for another time. In particular, I do want to talk about something that a lot of people look at and they're just like, oh, wow. And it's something that we talked about in Lauren Trinic, you, we, we kind of got to this in your talking about the history of the Jedi Order, but you know, whenever Rajivari falls to the dark side and he begins convincing people to follow him in the ways of Bogan, what did the Jedi Order do again to him? Um, Zoray, you remember what I said? They, uh, they exiled him, correct? No, they attacked him. They attacked him with extreme prejudice. Um, <clears throat> in fact, if you look at the lore behind the Jedi Order, um, Rajavari's followers were attacked by the Jedi Order, and it was just one of those things where they weren't going to have anything to do with Rajavari falling to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, this definitely could have some traces back to the initial, you know, the Force Wars that they had that had a massive devastation on um, Tython. I mean, it sent Tython out of balance. It destroyed, nearly destroyed the, the ecosystem on the planet. So, I mean, obviously they saw the dangers of having both light and dark and, and, and you know, and that coexistence and then that war that erupted from that. And also they made it clear that, you know, Ashla was stronger than Bogan in the more virtuous path to walk. So when Master Rajavari fell they took matters into their own hands and they dealt with the problem. Uh, and so a lot of people, you know, I, I've, I've heard them say, well, that doesn't sound very Jedi to me, you know, but that really is the way Jedi would behave with a Darksider. Um, one of the things that people, you know, always get wrapped up about in lore is this whole idea of trying to redeem the Sith. And I joke around all the time with Master Cosima, Jazeel, that, you know, the only redemption for a Sith is death. Uh, and you, you understand what I'm saying there, Trinic? I mean, you, you, you've you had my lessons on the dark side and bringing balance <laughs> to the Force. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, one of, it's one of those things where the Jedi wouldn't deal with that. They wouldn't mess with that because the whole idea was they wanted to bring balance to the Force. Now, a lot of people get wrapped up in this question of balance. There's a lot of confusion wrapped up into balance. And Roz, I said I was going to start picking on you during this time, so I definitely <laughs> am. We're going to see if you have that master's knowledge. Um, can you explain why people get confused about balance? Do you know why people get confused about balance? Well, I'm, I, can, I, mean, I, can get, I can tell you why I was confused about balance when I was a Padawan. That would be so, great. Let's do this. So most people, right, and, and myself included, when I when I started my training, people people view balance um, between the light and the dark as like a scale, right? So they believe that in order for there to be balance, you have to have the light and the dark to equal equal each other out, right? That's that's the common belief and a common misconception about bringing balance to the force. Now that's how I believed it when I was when I started my training. I believe that you know in order for the light to for there to be a light, there had to be a dark, right? Vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know the actual view of it as um, you could view it as um, someone walking on a tightrope, right? So you could say um, a Jedi is bringing balance to the Force, um, where they, they know they know of the dark side, right? And they know that it's you know they they know of its existence, but 
like you said before, you know, the only true redemption for someone who's fallen to the, fallen to the dark side, you know, is death. That's it. Well, I so, love the illustration you gave of a person walking on a tightrope, and in fact, that's the illustration we use in the clan class. And if you haven't seen the clan class videos yet, we talk about this. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're walking on a tightrope, if you fall off, you're not going to be able to get back up on that tightrope just right up. You know, you're not going to be able to just stand up, grab it, and get back up on it. Exactly. In a sense, you always have to go all the way back to the beginning. And, and, and the reality is, once you fall off a tightrope, too, that's high enough, there's just no getting back up on it. Never and, that easy. It's never that easy. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. And it's not, you just can't stand up and start walking on the tightrope again. And the reality is, you know, the Jedi knows, you know, walking each step carefully forward is walking in the path of the light. But to get out of balance would teeter you towards falling, and falling would be falling to the dark side. Now, another thing is the way that we view balance as um, in English. You know, the noun form of balance is a condition in which different elements are equal or in correct proportions, like a scale. But the verbal form of balance, which is how Jedi view bringing balance to the Force, to keep or put something in a steady position so that it does not fall. One of the illustrations I use in the actual class that I teach um, in RP is I, I put up a hollow projection of a street performer with a spinning plate on a stick. And I explain to the people that I'm teaching that if you start putting rocks on one end of the plate, what would happen? And of course they all respond, the plate would fall and shatter. And that is what it means to be put out of balance. And the reality, as long as there's dark side in the universe, there is rocks on the plate. It's the Jedi's duty to push those rocks off the plate to put it into a steady and stable position so that things like the ruining of Tython's ecosystem will never happen again. You know, it's just things where we, we look at what the dark side does to the galaxy and to the people it affects. I mean, they call it dark side corruption for a reason. And, and mm. so we look at that and that's why the Jedi want to eliminate the dark side. And, you know, we don't play around with it. You know, we don't we don't even humor its existence. And so people will say, you know, we have a very conservative um totalitarian approach to the dark side and i would say yes because that's what jedi jets what jedi are i mean if you okay this is the perfect example mace windu in episode three when he has sidious by the point of his lightsaber and he's going to just kill sidious and anakin tells him no he has to stay in trial I mean, who's right in that situation? Is Anakin or Mace Windu right in that situation? So, Ray, what do you think? Um, I would have to say Mace Windu. What do you think, Ross? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, by the lore that you just described, Windu all the way. What do you, what do you think, Trenick? Bye-bye, view. The Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Anakin. I will make sure to strike you down when I log into game. Um, okay. <laughs> So we have two for Window, one for Anakin, and obviously Trenick is kidding. He thinks Windu, at least I hope he does, oh, or we have to have a talk later on. Of course. But the whole thing is, you know, in that scene, Mace Windu is the right one. Now, anybody in an American political system would say, well, no, Anakin has a really good point. He's not right. guilty until proven guilty. You know, he's innocent. And even though we know he's the Dark Lord, 
to the Jedi that wouldn't matter. He is darkness and darkness must be dealt with. And what ends up happening because darkness isn't dealt with? I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it is the downfall of the Galactic Republic. It is almost the ending of the Jedi Order almost completely. Only few, very few survive the purge. That moment and, is painful every time I watch that movie. Oh yeah, it, it is so painful. <laughs> and, you know, well, every time I also watch it, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, they never show Mace Windu die. And, you know, there's something that Star Wars has proven to us. If they like a character enough, as long as you don't see them actually physically die, you know most likely they'll come back. So I'm I, I'm voting for Mace Windu comeback episode seven. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's going to be an old fart. <laughs> I know it's never going mean, to happen. And I, just, like... <laughs> I just always joke about that because I'm like, you know, they show him get fly out the window. But, you know, Jedi has survived much worse think, than flying well, out like, of the window. Think of it this way. He could have, like, he was already probably in his 40s. Then from there, that's 30 years until, you know, Luke becomes, Luke finishes <laughs> off, you know, episode six. And then 30 years after that, he's going to be a good hundred or so. Hey, if Mirror Maker can live to be a thousand, Mace Window can live to be a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I know Mirror Maker's not that old. I think he's, I can't remember, like 130 in game right now. But it's, <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those things where, but, you know, Jedi don't deal with darkness. And, you know, we look at the history. Once again, the history that you taught us tonight, Trinic. Remember, I'm the Padawan, you're the master. Tonight, um, you know, the Jedi have a track history of where the dark side has brought corruption has brought evil has brought destruction and they realize this and they want to deal with it so when it comes to bringing balance in the force i don't care who you are if you want to role play a jedi right you need to understand that balance is not a scale it's like walking a tightrope as Roz said and that's something that's very important for us to remember as jedi now i don't know how much more time we have left trinic do we have much time left uh we probably can get away with another 10 15 minutes oh just just 10 15 minutes yeah sorry <laughs> okay, well, something else that I wanted to talk about if we had a little extra time tonight, and this is in particular in-character mannerisms that we Excellent. have as Jedi. You know, oh, we, we talk course. about bringing balance to the Force. We talk about history. We talk about all the cool things that happened to the Jedi Order. We talk about um, what does it mean to follow the code? What does it mean to um, know the three pillars and to live by the three pillars of the Jedi? But, you know, we don't talk hardly enough about in-character mannerisms because as Jedi, we always act and behave certain ways. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Zare? I definitely agree. Um, if anyone has interacted with Zare, you know, in SoCan, in character, um, you'll know... I am all about protocol. Um, yes, I yes, love my character and how she just, you know, takes care to respect everyone. Um, I think that's really important for a Jedi, you know, respect your elders, but also respect your Padawans, respect the initiates and new people. Um, we're all in this together. And it just makes for such a great RP experience when everyone. Um, you know, understands their roles and how to interact with other people as a Jedi in the guild. 
Well, and that's that's one of the things like some people don't realize this, but whenever we take RP seriously, you know, this and we take RP seriously in Soken, you know, it's not something we just do to joke around. I was talking to someone the other day and I explained to him, you know, we're not a cantina RP guild. You know, we we don't goof off in our RP. We don't cough up hairballs during our guild meeting. You know, we that that's happened in recent <laughs> weeks, which we've yeah. dealt with that. So that's the only reason I use that as an example. But, you know, the point is that we take our RP seriously and there are certain in-character mannerisms that we need to make sure that we look towards to achieve as a Jedi. It doesn't matter how young you are in the Jedi Order, you would be taught, like Zari said, respect. You know, you would be taught to respect others. And this isn't just the be nice to others. Um, The whole idea that, you know, when a master was present, you know, you were captivated by them in a sense. You know, you listened to every word that dropped out of their mouth. You didn't interrupt them. You know, and of course we see sometimes where Jedi and lore will ask questions and be slightly disruptive. And, you know, that that's part of it. But at the same time, you know, you, know, Tobit, you wouldn't go out of your way to derail. You know, Tobit, um, as you being a master, I am going to interrupt you for a moment here. Um... <laughs> well, no, you <laughs> forgot. You're the master. I'm the Padme. <laughs> But even still, though, like, sir, I, I still have respect for those who know how to properly RP being the rebellious Jedi. Because mm-hmm. um, there are a few occasions where a Jedi will come in as an initiate and they'll be this unruly, you know, untamable kind of person. And it really does show dedication to the RP when a person can evolve their character over time. To become the Jedi with the mannerisms that we're speaking of right now. No one says that you have to be completely strict on yourself the entire time. You can give yourself a character. It's just, again, the things that you're taught as a Jedi. You turn, you, you come to learn them and respect them. Well, and that's one of the things where we've had instances in the past where someone will all of a sudden just start pretty much just going completely dark side, you know, in an RP. Like, you could just you know is is if they haven't already you could already classify their character as fallen and it's just like you wouldn't be taught that that's the way to react in this situation you know and that's something else that people need to realize when you're in the jedi order you know i agree with you Trinic, but also you know this idea of you know you would be taught the jedi code you know you would know mm-hmm. that and so this whole thing of well my character doesn't know the jedi code i don't know what that means that's all you're taught as a clan member in in the jedi order i mean you're taught that you're taught just, you know, the basics of what it means to be a Jedi. One of these big things too is appearance. You know, expanding your RP in game, one of the big things you can do is always your character's appearance. Um, I don't know about you, but ever since the outfit designer came out, Roz, I probably have put together hundreds of different outfits that I just love throwing on my characters. I don't know if you're like me on, like me on that. Um, I know Zaray, you probably have multiple outfits, don't you? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing so I, I, have did, a... I did get to take from you, Tobit. I have a, too many outfits. <laughs> I have 12 active designer uh, uh, slots at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. That is I'm just excellent. Saying. <laughs> but, you know, appearance is a big thing. You know, appearance can expand your RP a long way. One of the things that I have, I have mass respect for, for the, the recent Padawan that I, I've 
I've picked up um, Lestrol, and I have to give him a shout out on the podcast because you know one of the things that you know he has a very initiate look right now. Um, you know I've taken him as my Padawan, but we haven't officially done the pairing in game yet. But this time he's still RPing an initiate, and he's still RPing the appearance of an initiate. You know one of the things that people need to recognize, you know, whenever you're an initiate in the Jedi Order, you don't have a lightsaber. You know you wouldn't have already made your first lightsaber, and so. Equipping a training blade during RP can go a long way to expanding that RP. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it just it really helps the immersion for yourself. And it also makes the experience of crafting your first lightsaber that much more special. Oh, um, definitely. And, you know, I, I'm definitely going to turn this array here because um, I, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I know that you did that RP with Trinic. I mean, what did you think about the Soken lightsaber RP experience? Uh, you know, honestly, being a Padawan was so fun. Sometimes I wish I could just go back. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely, you know, something special for all Padawans. Um, I really like how Soken does it. And, uh, I just hope that it was a special for my Padawans um, and my future Padawans as it was for me because it really makes it worth it. You know, you carry your training blade, you go to your um, your first classes, learning how to use it, and then to be able to pull out that lightsaber the next time you go after you've crafted it is just priceless. Oh, yeah. And then like, when you have it and you're on your first mission with your master and oh, of it, it is... Is just such a special moment. I mean, mine was over, over two years ago when I did my RP, and I just—that's one of the experiences I remember. So it's one of those things where paying attention to your character's appearance really helps your in-character immersion. Because you know, one of those things—if you're running around with a lightsaber, you know, in RP before you get your lightsaber, it just kind of takes the specialness out of that, in my opinion. So it's a it's a really good thing that you can do to just amp up your RP. Um, as well as, you know, when we talk about Jedi mannerisms, humility is a big thing too. And this this is a really big thing that we all need to work on um, in character. And, and that's the understanding of, of, of um, knowing our place in, in, in the entire galaxy and the order. You know, we're not the end-all and be-all. One of the things that we try to tell everybody that joins the guild, and I'm sure, Roz, you've had this conversation with people before as a recruiter, is, you know, we're not the Jedi you see in the movies. We're not the Jedi that are in the story. We're normal Jedi doing normal things in everyday Jedi life. And that's... I mean, wouldn't you agree with that statement? Oh, oh yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, we, you know... As a recruiter, you kind of you're the first line, right? That's the way Moon likes to describe it. You know, we're the first line of anything that they see within Soaking. So one thing we really stress to them is that, you know, you get the chance to RP your character the way that you want to, right? As long as you can meet within the guidelines that the guild has set forth, you know, then outside of that, you know, you're pretty much able to RP the character, you know, from day to day the way that you see fit. So like I said in the beginning of the show, I mean, this is the only place I know in the entire game that you can really come get the Fire Jedi experience and well, really do it the way you want to, you know? And once again, you know, as I was saying, you know, being a normal Jedi, there's a lot of things you can do as a normal Jedi that's exciting and fun. We just want to make sure you're not going to, like when the Outlander patch comes out where you can be the Outlander, 
we're not gonna have a bunch of outlanders running around the guild i mean right. but what we will have are a lot of silk and jedi that are fighting for the republic to bring the republic back to the prominent place that it was before its fall and that's what's mm. coming with this new patch is the you know the knights of the fallen empire you know it's this whole idea that the republic and galactic empire are no more they are destroyed and you know we're going to be caught up in the middle of that battle and i'm super excited about that i'm super excited about the rp that's going to bring to us as a guild but once again you know we have humility about us and um, as jedi you know we understand our place in the galaxy and it, you know we understand who we are and something to bring to that as well is the fact that like we again like tobit said a little bit earlier is that we aren't the jedi from the movies we don't always win you know um, there, there, exactly. there are situations that I've been a part of that we talked about a little bit last week where we lose and we don't come out on top, and that's what makes. There, there's situations play. where your main character gets stuck through an ancient hypergate because of a bad roll. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it, it happens. You know, it, it happens. But you know, it's one of those things where it expands the RP experience. You know, when we talk about you know this episode being more tastic this really applies to lore too because you know in character or actual jedi in lore you know they're very respectable they 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 had a certain appearance you know they 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 adhered to dress codes you know one of my favorite books in star star wars lore is you know the 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 path of jet the jedi you know, it's that Jedi handbook that they came out with um, not too long ago. Oh, yeah, It definitely. is such an amazing book. There's so many great images. You know, they explain lightsaber forms very well in it. They explain Jedi appearance. They explain the code. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, everything you need to know about being a Jedi is in that book. I mean, it's just a really good book. But the, the point of what I'm trying to get at, though, is, you know, there was an appearance. You know, this is about expanding our experience in game. Jedi were humble. Jedi had a sense of duty about them. Jedi were also very patient, you know, and it was just, it's those things that just make us great Jedi. And when you can apply that to your in character role play, oh my gosh, it really just really starts opening new doors of opportunity for people. Um, one of the other things that I just will say on this is one of the RPs you'll do if you're a master when you're paired with a master is the Conquer and Honor RP. And that is a great experience as well, just like the lightsaber. And it'll go into more detail on what we've talked about tonight on Jedi mannerism, on the things that Jedi have to, you know, in a sense, conquer. Um, and the things that Jedi honor, you know, and they're, they're, very, um, they're very important points. All I can say about that is just make sure that you pay attention to your master when you go over those. And as Zari said, enjoy your time as a Padawan. I know a lot of people, they like to try to rush through the ranks, but what they don't realize is once you get to a certain point, you really can't go back. I mean, and <laughs> Zari, I, I've, very true. I've been where you, you were at right now. You know, I, I, I just like you, Ross, too, I was really, you know, I was pulled through the ranks pretty quickly. And, you know, it's one of those things where obviously, you know, there are, the, you know, being a master has its benefits. But at the same time, you know, like the master Padawan relationship, um, Roz, is the master Padawan relationship for the master or the Padawan? Oh, definitely for the Padawan. It's definitely for the Padawan. Always for the Padawan. But I will say this. Um, 
you can make it for yourself too. I mean, it depends. It depends oh, for though. sure. Because if you take if you take pride in it, like I take pride in it. For example, you know, I I love RPing with my with my paddle. It's fun. It's a fun experience. So if it can be for both, it's definitely geared for the paddle one. I will say that. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the points that we want to try to make with that. Yeah, it's fun to do. I enjoy every RP I have in my paddle ones, but at the same time. That RP is not for me, it's for them. And that's part of the thing of taking pride in what you do as a master. But, you know, I think that's all the time we have for today, right, Trenek? Yeah, we're about pushing it. Oh my gosh, we're pushing it. I am so <laughs> sorry for people out there because we're pushing it. Well, I hope you really enjoyed this week's episode, Lore-tastic. I know we didn't get too much into Star Wars lore, but we had quite a bit of talk about it, and that is good. As always, we will be keeping you all up to date on all the new developments happening in SOTOR as well as happening in SOKIN. Please tune in next week and also leave comments on this week's episode so we know what you thought. Unless you comment, we don't know how to do better. So please drop us a comment, drop us a like, start following us. Go to SOKIN.engine.com and apply to be a part of the guild. As well as leave a suggestion in our suggestion box. It's on the left side of the page. We love to hear from the fans of the show. But as for now, we have to sign off, and we will be back next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Later, guys. Good night. See you guys.